We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday new on curiosity stream how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production could napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future and how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet james burke's visionary series connections returns for a new generation Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Are we hot? Yeah, we are. Good. Coming in high and hot. Here we go. One final time until, like, next week, and then the season will get started. But <laughs> until then, let's, let's cap off a PGA season in style here at Stochastic. What's up? Ben Raza here, Eric Linquist here, Tour Championship here. We're ready to break it all down on this Tuesday afternoon. We got 29 golfers left. We have plenty time to dive into everything, including our friends at Prize Picks, which we'll do in a second. Talk a little BMW. We'll say hi to chat. Maybe I'll sneak in a few college football plays since the season is Ooh. upon us. First off, I don't know if I've done a show with you since you took all the money on DraftKings. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Must you. feel good. How, how are you feeling? Uh, as the PGA Tour season comes to a close. Uh A little bittersweet. Obviously, this has been a rough year in terms of the PGA Tour as a golf fan because there's a lot of unknowns, and now we're going to have a lot more unknowns coming between uh, the end of this tournament, the Tour Championship, going into whatever live tour madness goes on for the next couple months. But uh, for the most part, there's some really good storylines. I got two of my boys here, JT Poston, uh, Sahith Thigala. I mean, it's just been amazing what he's been able to pull off uh, making him making his way into the top 30 that guarantees him so many starts like the masters next year, things of that nature going to be really, really fun. So uh, some bright sides to me personally, just for guys that I cheer for a lot or guys that I've played golf with before. Uh, But from a a PGA tour DFS perspective, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited that we're going to have full field event stuff next week. This always feels a little weird to me. Last year we hit the Kevin non nuts that went really well cash some top fives there. I think we do have some some guys on the bottom end, and you can just see it in the ownership. They're going to be very, very popular with some interesting ways to get different. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about the Tour Championship, but I, I think that this is this is still a fun event from a DFS perspective, even if, even if I don't like the format from a golf perspective. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think that, ironically, I've been equating this to the match play. And I say that because it's such a unique situation. It's so different. I don't love it. But at the same time, I think it presents opportunities for us to exploit what we don't know yet and the limited sample size. Starting strokes is not something that we've seen uh, for decades. And we have no real data, per se, on what to do. So you can infer and you can uncover some edges that I think, like the match play, when it first started out, people didn't understand the format in some regard. I think we could take advantage of that, not just in DFS, but even in betting. So I'm excited to dive into it. I'm excited that Aaron Wise made it. I'm excited mm-hmm. that, you know, 
Are you excited that he's the mega chalk of all chalk this week? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, that's not good. Other than that, it's 29 golfers. I think we, we always try to be honest on this show. There's a lot of elements of just randomness in something like this. You got to play some game theory and roll the dice because there's just not that many, you know, this has a showdown mentality as well. I think you'd agree with that. Like trying to be unique is half the battle. Yeah, absolutely. It's just knowing that, all right, Aaron Wise is going to be extremely popular. KH Lee, Adam Scott down there at the bottom. A lot of these bottom dudes that have placement points or things of that nature, like they're the ones who end up very steamed up here. Very opposite of what we see, you know, where it's like the mid range and the top tier that ends up getting a lot of ownership in a regular DFS tournament. You got to find ways to to leave salary on the table. You got to find ways to be different and avoid duplication because that's going to be what really takes you to the top. Wanting to get paid out where you're not just duping with eight, nine, ten different lineups, finding ways to get unique, maybe not playing all of the largest field stuff. Uh, I do think that this is a week for me where I go to more three max. I do some more things that are aggressive in that nature. Maybe tone it down a little bit in terms of stakes and volume. But, uh, you know, for me, it's not a 150 type week. Yeah, you know, again, I think it, it's really there's a lot of intricacies in terms of what you want to do. I think it is a good week to to make a lot of lineups in the sense that it like showdown. I think there's a bigger edge in covering as many bases as possible with stuff like this. But I'm more intrigued by the lineup construction nature of this and how we can find a couple edges within the tournament, because when you look at this, there's 29 damn good golfers left. The strokes that they start with is a, is an unknown, not in the sense that we don't know what it is, but how that really factors in. So there's a lot to get to there. Let's talk a little, just very quickly. I don't have many thoughts on the BMW. I thought they can't lay played well enough to win. And Xander was up there. Stallings was the surprise. The course represented itself. Well, for me, I don't take much of anything into East Lake though. Well, I mean, I wish I had been able to be on the show. That was sad, obviously, for okay. last week. Uh, a couple people who asked me who my favorite low-owned golfer was, and Scott Stallings was my answer. The problem is that I had 40% Will Zalatoris, so that was an absolute dick kick, um, just, you know, for lack of a better term. Uh, it really, really hurt because I I felt like one, one thing that's happened a lot in DFS circles as people have gotten sharper is they hit eject on guys who won the week before. We saw it with Finau. Uh, where maybe he didn't end up as popular as he should have been in a weaker field uh, going from the 3M to Detroit, where I still thought he was one of the best golfers in the field. We're starting to see that now. Will Z was still around 15, 16%, even though his ball striking was just outrageous coming off of a win where the putter looked better than it had looked in a while. I thought he was a really, really good play last week. And that ended up being an absolute burn fest for me. Uh, Well, speaking of Sam Burns, come on, my dude, let's get going. But uh, for the most part, it could have been a really good week because Scott Stallings was my favorite guy on the low end. Just didn't have anything else around him. Yeah. I mean, again, you're going to see that with non cuts. It's just, there's a lot going on there. Uh, It's that was a 68 man field. This is cutting, you know, more than half. So Mm -hmm. a lot less options i don't think you want to look too much into one week four rounds of what we saw it's good to see you guys come in with some momentum but they had to play pretty well to make it here now let's talk about prize picks because they've been powering the show all year they've done a fantastic job i know a lot of you guys play over there already but if you're checking out the channel for the first time and after you hit the like button and subscribe which i know you're going to do listen to what prize picks has going on daily prop based contest Obviously, a different format. You're projecting over or under different stats, whether it's birdies or better, strokes, you know, fairways hit, 
uh, how a guy's going to score matchups. And the thing that's really great uh, is you have so much flexibility in what you want to target. You can really determine how you think the course is going to play, who's going to play well, and use that to your advantage. You can build those five-player lineups, make up the 10 extra entry fee, and of course, why not take some money when you sign up? We'll match your first deposit bonus up to $100 with that promo code Awesomeo. You've done a ton of damage over on Prize Picks. I always like these birdies or better matchups. I just think that there are some that are so lopsided. Uh, doesn't mean you automatically win, of course, but you know you're getting in good uh, with no rake, no vig. You're just picking who do you think will have more birdies. Yeah, I kind of took an opposite approach today to tell you guys what you shouldn't be playing um, because there's there's still a lot. I want to see some of the weather. I think that that's going to matter a lot in terms of birdies. East Lake par 70, 7,300 yards. It can be difficult in, in a lot of regards uh, from time to time, depending on how the weather looks. But hole 18 shots is the most stay away thing that I've ever seen in my entire life over a 10 year sample size. Uh, 4.55, the stroke average there, you could go flip coins in your backyard, uh, and just, you know, take the 50, 50 in that kind of regard. I don't see any way that you want to get near anything like this. So sometimes, you know, and I feel like Ben and I both feel this way. It's, it's being able to tell you guys what not to play in addition to what to play, stay away from the whole 18 shots. Like it's the plague end up more towards the fairways hit direction. Obviously, um, fewer par five. So you're looking at, uh, or sorry, fewer par three, well, the standard four, so 14, but these fairways can be narrow. I want to be paying attention to that win. Cause I'm looking at Morikawa nine and a half fairways hit Corey Connors, nine and a half fairways hit. I mean, the Morikawa one, I feel like is an under almost regardless of what we're looking at. A lot, uh, like I said, a lot of edge can be uncovered. If you can figure out how the weather, the wind, and of course the course, and it leads us into Eastlake. Let's talk about Eastlake because last week we we're in Delaware and you weren't on the show, but we were playing the guessing game. We were inferring, is it going to be really bad rough? Are these greens going to be easy? Is it going to be a scoring fest? Not to say we can pinpoint it, but the one thing, we've seen Eastlake a million times. We know what you have to do. We know the layout. You mentioned the par 70, the Bermuda and whatnot. When you think of Eastlake, what do you think about in terms of skill set? Uh, I think about just all around golf game because it's very demanding. Uh, yep. We don't just have the PGA tour going there. We have the college guys going there and they're on the golf channel playing constantly as well. And uh, a lot of them talk about just how it, it basically challenges every single facet of your game. You get some of this Bermuda rough that can be difficult. So you want to be hitting fairways. You get greens that are lightning fast. So being able to, to putt is obviously a big plus there. Duke agrees with me in that regard. Um, but I feel as though there's a lot of ways that, uh, you can skin a cat, so to speak, in, in this kind of a, a golf course. Uh, I'm curious what you kind of think of, because for me, it's opened itself up to having short hitters. Like, again, Kevin Na was somebody that I was pretty invested in last year. Uh, Rip, my love for him. Uh, shout out Liv Tour, just jokes. But then you also get some bomber elements. There's a lot of different ways that you can go about this golf course. There's certainly, you know, again, I think the my overarching theme for this whole week is when you've got 29 golfers and they're 29 of the best players in the world, their skill set is going to translate anywhere if they play well. Um, you don't need to be anything here except a good player. If you have a part of your game that is exposed, I think Eastlake will pretty much expose it. And that goes across the board. If you can't drive the ball, you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. You always need good irons and you always need to make your fair share of putts. I do think the one thing you'll have opportunities to be aggressive off the tee if you want. This is a course that you can take driver out and, and shorten these iron shots 
if you want to, but I'm not going to call it a prereq. You mentioned Kevin Na, and there's been a multitude of other players that have gotten it done by just being solid off the tee, not mashing it. Exactly. And, you know, Scotty hanging out in the chat there, ball striking, recent form. Aren't those yeah. things we care about all the time? Like, those aren't, this isn't some super specific thing. We have 29 golfers. That's the other thing, too, is that, like, you're going to get guys who just don't play well in certain ranges and avoiding those landmines at, you know, 35% for some of these guys, 30% for a number of these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, that'll be really, really important. And it's going to come from good ball strikers. It's going to come from bad balls. Like, Almost everybody here is a pretty efficient ball striker. That's why they're there. Uh, Almost all of them have pretty good recent form. I would say Sepp Straka, you know, was by far the the one red herring that kind of sits out in this field. But even he's coming off of a second two weeks ago. So I don't really know what to say. I mean, everybody has either ball striking or recent form checked in some capacity. Yeah, I, I keep saying the same thing. That's why they made it there. They've either played well at some point in the year or they're playing well right now. So I don't. I really am not going to get crazy. I know this sounds like a broken record. I'm going to just let our tools do the work in terms of ownership and build unique lineups and kind of figure it out. I think for betting, it's a little different because if you're betting someone, you have to actually believe they're going to play well. Whereas on the DFS side, I think there's a lot of opportunities to just be like, okay, I'm putting this guy in there and I'll let the chips fall because it's a a unique enough lineup. And I, I honestly, I said this a couple of years ago, and I believe I played 29 of the 30 golfers and then Chez got a hole in one and he was the one guy I didn't play, which sums up a lot. But I would almost blindly take any lineup that is unique, no matter what yep. it was, no matter what it was. I would I would probably take it at this point um, in something like this. So that is that is a little radical approach, but I, I almost believe that this week. And the last thing we're, before we talk about the golfers. Let's talk about the wild card of this event, and that is the starting strokes. Chat was just asking, do you start with the points or just the finishing points? You get the finishing points. So Scotty Scheffler, he doesn't get the equivalent of 10 birdies. He just starts in first. So if he collapses, he's going to not only lose the points he was assigned, he's also playing really badly. So there's there's a big approach there. He starts at 10 under, and then it staggers all the way down to a handful of guys that even par in the back of the pack. Yeah, it it, it kind of is reminiscent of NASCAR DFS a little bit, okay. where you get like the starting position, and as you move backwards, you lose points in that regard. You don't lose the points here, but you technically lose it off the total that you started with with the week. So yeah. um, that's, that's going to be the way that I look at it. Um, last year, I think this was my best event of the playoffs, uh, because Bryson DeChambeau and the Patrick Cantley back and forth, that was not good for me in any way, shape or form. But, uh, this, this event worked out pretty well. And uh, again, I'm right there with you avoiding duplication. And this is, if you're a strong DFS player and it translates like for me, you know, obviously I got very lucky in MLB last week. I have NFL that I feel like has been a, a print factory in terms of cash games for the last how seven, eight years for me. And NBA is my baby, but This is just taking all of the things you know from those other sports and applying them to the game theory aspect here. You don't want to be sitting with duplication in any kind of a tournament here. The easiest way to do that, find one or two pivots, leave salary on the table. Lots of ways that people are going to make huge mistakes building large allotments of lineups. That's why I'm kind of taking the more condensed lineups, uh, playing more three max stuff kind of approach on this week. Yeah, I think though, what you said right at the beginning of that, I I agree with though. Like Scotty Scheffler, 
he can't gain any finishing points in this mm-hmm. event. He can only lose them. If he wins, you already had those points baked into where he starts. He can only go backwards, whereas the guys from the back of the pack can only gain finishing points. Uh, naturally, of course, Scotty Scheffler is in a fantastic position to be relevant because he's starting at 10 under. But it, it's almost like a fully lucrative we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday potential risk reward because if he plays bad he gets doubly punished in the sense that he's going to be losing all his points and he's not making a lot of birdies uh whereas these chasers if they move up the board they're going to be gaining the the finishing points along with the streaks and bonuses that force them up the board yep uh I, i think we did a pretty good job of kind of setting the table on that one I mean, that's why you're seeing such ownership on these back end guys. You start at even one under, two under, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I accept struck is four under. Think about something like that. I mean, that's going to be more difficult for him to gain some of those placement points. I mean, a Scott Stalling sitting at three under, you know, just going through the list of guys. My guy, Sam Burns, is starting five under. I mean, they're definitely within range here. But I mean, a Rory McIlroy starting at four under is going to automatically make him the chalk up top. You would have to expect people just paying attention to stuff like that. So it's understanding like, all right, if I'm going to be really chalky in some of the the, the back end guys that that are starting off, you know, in, in, the, in a spot where they can move up quite a bit, maybe I just take some of the birdie fest guys and try to get different in the mid range and find ways to just be unique constantly throughout the board. It's less about who I like and it's more about who the field doesn't like. Okay, that's. I think that's uh, in line with how I'm kind of approaching it. The final thing here, and as we move into the top tier, one other unique aspect about this is we've broken the 12K ceiling. So normally in PGA DFS on DraftKings, you can only basically go into the 11s and the 6K floor. Scotty Scheffler's $13,600. Patrick Cantlay is $13,000. Xander's twelve three. This is totally different. You're using a crazy percentage of your cap that we don't see. How does that change your approach? In a way, does that make Scotty Scheffler almost sneaky? Or do you say it's just too expensive? So I want to talk through this because this is kind of what I've been thinking about all morning. And I started putting together some of the previous results of, of when they do this with the boost to the salaries. But the number of lineups that you can have with Sheffield and Cantley together in lineups. I mean, I'm almost going to just completely avoid these type of combinations because yes. you get 58, 50 left over and people who click on those two guys together in lineups are automatically, automatically going to have to play Poston wise. That's why he's as popular as what he is. Adam Scott. In fact, you can't play Adam Scott and not click on a KH Lee followed by it because otherwise you don't have enough salary. So Scheffler Cantley is just like an absolute write off. I will go and cruncher and I will make sure that I don't get those two guys together in lineup. So that's like rule number one for me is understanding that at 13, six and 13 K your possible lineup combinations are so non-existent. And if you don't go through and fix it and cruncher ahead of time, 
you're going to run into the same duplication as everybody else. So uh, to just avoid some of the rake on the entire week, that is like my first rule of thumb. It's not possible. I can say this pretty confidently. It's not possible to make a unique lineup if you have Scheffler and Cantlay. Yep. No matter what you do, Great. there is no permutation. They None. will all be covered by a lot. First of all, just for context, if you click them, those two names, you can't play a golfer in the 8K range or above. It's not possible. You would mm -hmm. run out of salary. So you can only choose from Morikawa down to Tom Hoagie, and you have to choose four of them. Any permutation that's going to fit, because you obviously can't just choose the guy in the sevens, is going to be taken. So I really can't envision a scenario where I would ever do that. I think that's pr probably the worst build you can do, because you have to keep in mind, even if Scheffler or Cantley are up there, it doesn't necessarily mean that they played great. They already start with all those birdies baked in. And you could see a bunch of guys outscore them who aren't even ahead of them in the standings. If you had to choose, though, would you rather start with Scheffler or would you rather start with Cantlay? See, this is kind of the NASCAR aspect of it. I, I think given equal ownership, that is kind of what we're assuming at the moment, 14.6 and 13.6. I think I got to take Cantley, who's two back. Um, Scheffler's been phenomenal this entire season, and I don't think there's any doubt that he deserves to have ownership at this top level, even if you're talking duplication or having uh, some different type of builds. But I think it's got to be Cantley just for the opportunity for him to go from second and move a little bit up. And I just think that he's a guy coming off of a win last week, has a lot more familiarity with this golf course and played in this how many times in the past uh, feel pretty confident that Cantley is going to be the guy that I gravitate to out of those three top end dudes, uh, Scheffler, Cantley, and Shoffley. Uh, Shoffley is going to end up more popular because of everything I just said. I think you can avoid more of the duplication with Shoffley. I think we're going to see more ownership going his direction as a result as the week goes on. Um, you know, it's Tuesday morning right now, and it's going to come down to a lot of gamesmanship for me, a lot of game theory, and making sure that I get away from whoever the most popular guy is up here. Uh, I think it's going to be Shoffley. So it just turns Cantley one, uh, Scheffler two, and Shoffley three for me. It's hard for me to disagree with that. So I do like Xander. I bet him at seven to one. I think he's Good got call. a real opportunity to win this. But I also think, and one thing I want to point out, our tools over at Stochastic, they're going to update because Will Z is not here and he is in our ownership right now. That percentage that he is is going to be allocated mostly to Xander, Cantley, Scheffler, Rom, those guys right next to him so it's going to be even more ownership right to those neighbors including xander shoffley it's really tough i think i would go Cantley one as well all these guys you're, you're splitting hairs they're great players they're at the top of the board but i do think that seeing where this ownership from will z goes is going to be really important because if one of them is double the ownership of the other two even if you like that guy i think this is the type of week not saying just fade him but you got to be really careful with what you're doing, similar to a showdown mentality. So I'm in line with you up top. All right. Awesome. Because if if we wake up tomorrow and we see Cantley is 25% and Scheffler is 12% or 15%, obviously I'm going to play more Scheffler. I mean, the, the, if it's Shoffley that ends up getting all of the ownership, which is kind of what I expect to happen from Will Z, I, I think it really does transfer almost all to Shoffley. Um just because there's enough guys that are just going to play Rory no matter what. Rom, it was nice to see a pulse. We have a John Rom pulse now uh, the last two weeks. That's exciting to see. Not that we should have ever questioned that it came 
you know, be a guy who can top 10 back-to-back weeks. That was never in doubt. But mm-hmm. I do think that because Chopley ends up more popular uh, in my mind here with all the Zalatoris ownership going his way, that Cantley ends up still, if you get like 20 and 17% between him and Scheffler, that's not enough for me to get away from Cantley. So we've talked about the top three and they're very, very expensive. Wilsey is out. So there's a $1,400 gap, a dead zone between Xander and Rom, which is really going to change your builds uh, in a lot of ways. So you've got John Rom here as the fourth most expensive golfer. He starts seven strokes back at three under. You've got him. You've got Rory. You've got Cam Smith. Again, do you have a preference there? Now you're starting to look at how reasonable is it to double up on some of these guys. And I assume, or maybe I shouldn't assume, will you have lineups that you think start and omit the first three guys we talked about? Absolutely. I will have many lineups that do it. In fact, I think my core lineup is probably going to be McElroy Smith. Um, If I had to guess right now, uh, we didn't see Cameron Smith last week, uh, whether he was pissed off or whether he actually has a hip issue. We do not know. But what I will say is that box score people, box score people need to keep in mind the dude got basically a two stroke penalty for absolutely nothing. Um, Obviously, it was a penalty. I'm not saying that it wasn't. It's golf. Weird stuff happens. We have really weird rules in this sport, such as life. But you take those two strokes away and he jumps up to an ele- a minus 11 top tens. I think there's a different complexion coming off of his open championship win off of the FedEx St. Jude. Uh, you get on these fast Bermuda surfaces. And, I mean, he's just the best putter on planet Earth. It would seem day in, day out. So uh, there you go. Maybe Denny McCarthy for you. Uh, shout out the guy who's not here. But Cameron Smith, I feel like is just going to get really low ownership out of everybody in this grouping. And you talked about it. How many permutations are people going to have of Cameron Smith? Not nearly as many as they're going to have of Rom, Shoffley, Cantley, and maybe even Scheffler. So uh, for me, I think Cameron Smith is a guy that regardless of whatever he does in the next month, I think I just have to invest in him this week. Yeah. I mean, again, we're going to be in line because we're playing the same strategy here. I, I love Rory. Rory is an amazing player. There's no doubt that Rory can go and hunt down these leaders And if he does that, you're going to want him. He's going to be way more popular than a guy like Cam Smith. There's no doubt. Uh, Again, with Will Z out, him and Rom are going to be, people are going to double up. They're going to go Rory Rom on a lot of lineups and build. And even that, I don't know how feasible it's going to be to be unique. Even if you try that, it's going to be really, really difficult. Uh, So I'm going to have to look to Cam Smith. And then we bring in your boy, Sam Burns who's really high in terms of where he he's five under and he's only back behind four guys, three guys. Now, what do you think of Sam Burns? I, I want to keep asking this question as we go lower. Will you have lineups that just start with someone like Sam Burns or even lower? Yeah, I can't quit this guy. We're playing on Bermuda, right? So it's just kind of a yeah. click that I have to make by default. If he were to go out and win and I wasn't over the field on him, I would never forgive myself in a million years. He's got the <laughs> firepower to go out and do it. Um, has it looked as good as I would hope the last two weeks with how invested I've been at him in the FedEx St. Jude at the BMW? No, I've been kind of disappointed, but we've still gotten the birdies out of him. Hasn't made a double his last two events. He's given himself opportunities. He just really, I don't know. It's just kind of been stagnant, been stuck a little bit in reverse, but you get on his preferred surface for putting. Uh, he gained 3.9 strokes a game, uh, with the putter at the BMW coming off of a really disappointing week at the FedEx with the putter. The approach uh, has been back and forth. I mean, he went from gaining 4.4 to losing 2.4 last week, but he still found ways to be serviceable. Two top 20s there. 
this is a spot also that he's got at least one year of experience with. Uh, he played in this event last year. So having seen the golf course, having it being his preferred surface and knowing that he can go out and make gobs of birdies and there's opportunities to get to him in some builds where I leave three, $4,000 on the table, I'm absolutely going to be double the field on him. Yeah, I, I certainly am not. I, I don't mind the play. <laughs> certainly. You quality. hate him so I, much. I just, I have trouble. He does a lot of his talk about baked in we've been talking about scotty scheffler's you know finishing points baked in sam burns's four strokes putting has been baked in lately he's already doing that he needs to and i'm not saying he can't uh but he needs to get the irons back and that's what he when he does his best work it's not just the putter it's pairing that up with the irons at bmw he left too many strokes out there on the approach he lost two and a half strokes uh with those irons you just can't do that he gained six strokes with the short game which is immaculate we need to see that. And it's one one sample size. I don't care about this at all. But at the Tour Championship, the first time he gained five strokes putting, he lost five strokes with the irons. He's got to find a way to flip that. If he does, Sam Burns is live to win. Uh, so again, ownership will tell the tale there. I prefer Cam Smith if I was just playing one, though. I like them both very, very much. Uh, I think those are probably going to be my two make or break dudes this week. Okay. As just we because, work- well, also, you talked about permutations. Why I not did. make your stand somebody that's going to be 10, four and 9,900 rather than somebody who's 13 K or 12, three. Of course. I mean, there, there's definitely reasons to do that. It's just going to be about in terms of lineup construction. If you pair those guys up, where does it leave you? What do you do from there? Are you gaining enough leverage? Because for me, I still naturally think that the guys right above them are better players in terms of Rahm and yeah. Rory, but we have to roll the dice in a field like this. And then, Now we start to get into, I think the most interesting range uh, is right here. Finau, JT, Sanjay, and Cam Young. I mean, these are big time players who are not at the top of the board per se. But I I think Justin Thomas is an amazing bet. 28 to 1 to win the Mm -hmm. FedEx Cup. He can go crazy low. His irons are a mess too. What do you make of these guys? Does one stand out for you? I was going to bring up the bet. Um, Yeah, 28 to 1, I didn't see where that was, so... Uh, go for you. Um, I, I'm going to bet JT this week, too. I think that that's kind of the guy that could come from absolute obscurity. He's starting at three under for those keeping track at home. And yep. I think there's a huge opportunity for him to if he just flips the irons, which he could do any given week. I mean, for us, it's just been like biding our time until the putter could heat up. And ugh, last two weeks, the putter's been abysmal. And I think that that's been more uh, of an issue than anything. Lost 2.4 and 3.9 strokes game with the putter. Uh, found a way at the St. Jude to just grind out a top 15 there. But um, just you got to be thinking about uh, how many times he's been around this track, a bajillion here at this point in time. And if you do have the person who could put up a ton of birdies from the back, I mean, I, I don't know how to think about it mentally if I'm playing at a golf tournament like this and I'm I'm Cantley or I'm Chef, uh, uh, Scheffler or Shoffley, like these top end guys that are starting with more strokes up there. I don't think they go out and play conservative. I don't know if anybody's ever really talked about it, but I mean, JT, what does he have to lose? Just go out and make a ton of birdies and have some fun. So uh, I think he lets it ride. I I think he's kind of a guy that I want to be getting to as well uh, at 9,400. Sungjae, I I don't know what it is about me and Sungjae. He just never shows up in any of my stuff, which has obviously been a problem for the last month. Uh, (laughs) Two seconds in the 12th at the St. Jude and 15th at the BMW. The irons haven't been very good for him so far in these playoffs, but he can get it done off the tee and he can really get it done with the putter. Now five straight uh, with strokes gained data positive in that department. That's a really good sign. 
I got to find my way to more of him because I just, I'm tired of getting beat down by this dude. And and when you look at, at Sunjay, I think that the profile is a par 70 Bermuda track. I think mm-hmm. of Honda naturally where he broke yeah. through at, at times. So I get it. I really <sighs> do. Um, we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Justin Thomas, by the way, you can find that number over on BetMGM, 28 to 1, still there. Amazing. It's it's a good spot. And I, I think there's just this narrative of like, oh my, you know, he's, he's seven stroke back. He's got 72 holes. This is not Sunday, like where you have to make it up in one round. Uh, and that's just on Scheffler. He's three back of a lot of guys. He's two back of a bunch of guys. He's going to be just fine if he plays good golf. He will have a chance. I want to ask you about Cam Young, though. Uh, this is a guy that has been incredibly impressive. He's doing serious damage off the tee. That is where the height of his powers is. We don't know if he'll like Eastlake. He's one of the few guys that has little to no experience uh, in these type of events in the FedEx Cup in general. Do you just keep riding him and it's been an amazing year or do you worry about that as a possible factor? Well, right now, the ownership, you're getting the discount to factor in all of the things that you just said, where we don't know what the result is going to be. But he is sandwiched between Thomas with 28% ownership, M24, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 25. And then there's a lot of guys sitting like in that 18, 19, 20 that are just below him in Hovland and Neiman. If I'm going to get 14.7% to go figure out whether or not he likes this track or whether it works for him, uh, have at it. As you said, it, it's hard to imagine having a better rookie season on the PGA Tour than what he's put together over the course of the season without like the breakthrough type win. Um, but looking at the looking at the top golfers tool right now, too, which I'm going to be using constantly throughout this week, he's got a 22% top six percentage, a 19.4% optimal percentage. That is positive positive leverage going there he's the fifth most positively leveraged golfer behind my boy cam smith who uh is just going to be a big stand for me and a couple of cheapies that are just above him one being jt Poston, and of course i'm going to play tons of him but cameron young i, I think he's got to be in the conversation you just can't play everybody so he's got to be a guy that if he's going to be equal ownership as we get to wednesday of these other guys i'll probably shy away but if the tournament started right now i would absolutely be in on him i'm willing to uh, just kind of go down with Justin Thomas in terms of a popular popular play. I really like that spot. Besides him, though, I would go to Cam Young for that reduced ownership in this range. I think that he's just he has the abilities off the tee if it's the right conditions for him to win uh, events like this. And if it's not, you, it doesn't really matter. It's a non-cut. You need to get it all right. You need the stars to align or you're going to be fighting for a min cash. And when you're playing large field tournaments and structures, you got to go for the win. And that is why 
we're stressing so much about ownership and not duping because you're killing your expected value if you're just playing lineups that like zero out that i mean i don't even know how many you can make that zero out this week but don't be messing around with that type of stuff we didn't talk about Finau, and i don't have a lot to say about Finau. i think he's appropriately priced and appropriately owned if you wanted to get to him i would say fine i prefer certainly jt and even cam young this might be the guy that i hit like full ejecto on just okay. because i mean he had one bad round last week. He's had one bad round in like a month and a half. But it's more to do with the fact that we talk about the absence of Will Z and what's going to happen. We don't really entirely know yet. I am worried as it like matriculates down. I think Roy McElroy's got like a 30% ceiling. Maybe he ends up higher owned in, in small or like in a I like a high so. dollar stuff or smaller field. I think that that's definitely going to make some sense. But I just prefer so strongly JT that if they're going to be remotely close to each other, I'm going to take JT. I prefer Sam Burns, obviously just above him, uh, just from a, a Bermuda perspective, from a me liking him perspective. I don't know really what to do with Tony Finau, but more than likely as it stands right now at 23%, I think he would be like a very strong fade for me. Yeah. You're going to have to make, I mean, we're talking about all these guys in context and there's going to be reasons that you can play them. But ultimately, you're not going to be able to play everyone in terms of getting over the field. You, If you have right. 150, you can play all 30 guys. You're going guys. to get to all 29 guys in 150. Like, it would yeah. be weird not to. I mean, I, I think you should throw out a couple of, like, oh, Sam I, I, you can get See, him. that's the stuff I want because every single person in this field is over 10%. So, like, if you're going to take full fade stands, like, for me, I think that there's reason to still get to Straka and Stallings and all of these other guys. I mean, Stallings, I've just been riding the train for like oh, yeah. two months. And, you know, we're talking about these guys down there. I just think that when we're talking in the context of this slate, where Tony Finau, if you talk like the dead middle, like 20% is basically you, below the field. There's less than there's like 15 golfers that are below 20%. There's 15 that are above it as it stands right now. And Finau being above it, just is automatically like, all right, just give me Cam Young. Give me uh, Hideki, oh, as nerve-wracking as that might feel. Give me Homa. Give me all these other guys as opposed to Finau above 20%. If if I played 150 here and I omitted a player, it would not be someone like Straka. It would be like Wise. It would be one of the, the high-owned guys and oh. just say, you know what? I'm going to just make my stand. If he doesn't hit the optimal... My all my one fifties are plus EV now. Like if yeah. you if you don't like one of the popular guys and you remove him from the pool, you literally can spray and pray in a twenty eight man field and just hope that you hit the nuts. I don't think that's a crazy move. You could lose a hundred percent by doing that. There's no doubt if that guy ends up being good. But I, I I would look into someone. Like I said, I did that a couple of years ago, and then Ches made a hole in one uh, to go full punishment, but. I have the weirdest question that I want to ask you. Please. I love if weird you had, questions. So, cause now I'm going to play, I'm going to play 150. I just decided okay. even like, if it's just the mini max, I'm going to play on one, 150 just for the heck of it. I'm free rolling over here. You know, if you get yeah, that Julio Rodriguez home run that you know, wins you 30 K out of the middle of nowhere, you can fire it. So if you had to play 100% of one golfer in 150 this week, who would you pick? If I had to play a hundred percent of one golfer in 150 this week. So it's somewhat of a loaded question because I Justin Thomas is probably my favorite golfer, but it mm -hmm. wouldn't be him because I think that his game right now. Correct. He could really gutter you. 
Um, I think it would probably be Fitzy or Cam Smith. Just yeah. because I think their floors, even if it's not perfect, I, I mean, anyone can play bad, let's be reasonable, but I, I feel pretty good that they, they don't do anything really stupid. And if you were really looking to do that, they're nice. They give you plenty of flexibility in terms of what you want to do around them. It would be someone in that range. This might sound insane, but I think it would be JT Poston for me. You could go to the bottom. I mean, Wise would be the simple answer, but he's so popular that you're not even gaining that much from him. I think that's one of the ways you could do it is just lock wise if you wanted to do that. But Poston, he's also going to be very pop. It's such a weird tournament. I mean, what kind of world? These guys are going to be more popular, all of them, than Scotty Scheffler, 100%. Right. For me, it's straight off of the optimal percentage on the top golfers tool. Again, it's just such a big part of building lineups this week. You give me 5.7% leverage on a guy who's 5,100. Think of how many permutations there are, especially if I'm not like if I'm not building out to zero out my salary, which I definitely will have some kind of a cap, like a 499 or a 498 kind of cap on mm-hmm. this kind of a week just to avoid any of those kind of builds whatsoever in Cruncher. But I think just being aware of like how the optimal percentage works, because it is so counterintuitive to any other week because of the starting points, because of the opportunities that they have to be able to play other golfers around them that are on the top end. I mean, we're seeing Aaron Wise with the highest optimal percentage. We're seeing JT Poston second. Like that is wild to think about 5,400 and 5,100. So for me, I think that, you know, a guy like Finau just becomes less necessary. There's negative leverage there. Justin Thomas, there's negative leverage. But as you said, I think he's the guy that I'd just be afraid would just completely torch it. And I'm with you. I, I think that I want to be there. And then you're getting positive leverage with Cam Young. So that's kind of like an automatic play. But Cam Smith and Sam Burns, you talk about the positive leverage they get. And you start putting them in with some guys where you're leaving two, 3K on the table. It's just such a fun week from a DFS perspective. I would say this too, and maybe this is personal preference. I think it would be a much better move to fade a guy 100% in 150 than to lock a guy 100%. Correct. I I 100% agree with that. So, but it was more of just like if I had to, because I'm just like experimenting in my brain how this optimal percentage leaks into like the entire structure of the week. No, I I, listen, I, I hear you. I'm on that same wavelength. Uh, that's what you want to be doing. I just I just wanted to be clear. If I was going to do something like that, I strongly would suggest looking more towards leaving someone out of the pool and saying, okay, I'm going to go for it that way rather than just being like, I'm going to lock button someone in, in a 28-man field because that can be a little dangerous. Uh, not even a little dangerous. A kind lot of dangerous. fun, though. Kind of fun. Oh, I'm super just, fun. I'm just thinking about the sweat, like the, the JT Poston... Like what is his second, third group off? Like the the sweat would be so incredible. No doubt. We've talked a lot this week. I mean, I always believe that the top golfers tool and all the tools that we have, the ownership projections, are a staple of how I build lineups, how you build lineups. A lot of people have had a ton of success at this company using them. This week, though, it's even I, I can honestly say I think it's almost more necessary in some ways to really be looking at them. And if you want to come in for the week. And you want to get that and you also want to get uh, some things going on, go to stochastic.com slash join and use the promo code PGA strategy show all one word. You're going to get 50% off your first week of any PGA weekly. You do it. It's a great package. You get these tools. And I think if you're going to play in a week like this, 
it is really worth the money uh, to be doing that. You get that stochastic plus platinum. You check out what we got going on for college football. College football starts on Saturday. It's a really good opportunity and actually a really good week uh, to hop in. There's just a lot going on here. And if you don't like it, you, you check this out for a week. And if you do, we hope you stick around. We hope you hop in Discord and we you join the community. Uh, most important comment so far of the show from loyal listener and Sopranos fan, Benny Levine. Eric with multiple beverages. Is that true? What are you drinking? <laughs> I was just there? I was just firing it up. So so I've got my I've got my coffee, my okay. master's mug. I'll, I was doing like the the two old people sitting at McDonald's having an animated conversation thing. I don't know why I was holding my coffee throughout that entire thing. It was like I thought we were done talking about it. We continued on. And then you got to have the Stanley, man. These things are just incredible. My wife got that? me one. It's just it's just this it's basically like a, like a Yeti, but it's got this cool straw and it makes it just so much easier to to fill up and it's massive and make sure you get that water allotment. So I've got the coffee, I've got the water. Sometimes, you know, it, it'll be if it's late at night, we could get a beverage going, but it is 10:43 a.m. I'm just living my life. You are in fact living your life as we work down. Guys like Fitzy, who I said I really like, you've got big time talents, Hovland, Neiman, Decky's going to be a big risk, but I bet people shy away at the same time. Corey Connors, Morikawa, Spieth. These guys are mid to lower range. Obviously, they're not starting with six, seven, eight under, but they get a couple strokes and they can move up the board. Who there do you think has the ability to maybe climb and who do you think you want to target? I hate how much I think I'm going to get to Hideki this week. Okay. Everybody is going to hit eject on him, right? Like right now, as it stands right now, he's 13.5%. I am kind of shocked, but he is by far the lowest owned out of everybody there. We're just talking from a pure ball striking perspective. If he's, if he's healthy, we've seen him just randomly go out, you know, the, the, whether it's Augusta, whether it's these other Bermuda spots, like he's just turned it on. And then you're just like, why didn't I play Hideki? Whether it was the Sony open, whether it was the Zozo, I mean, he's got two wins on this PGA Tour schedule still. He's got a third at the Byron Nelson, a fourth at the U.S. Open. I'm just writing off everything we've seen for like two months. I got to think that this is the healthiest we've seen him in a long time. A 35th at the BMW Championship actually is kind of inspiring to me because he lost 2.3 a strokes a strokes and approach with the irons. I think if he's healthier, like another week of health, I think there's an opportunity for him to just spike some of those irons randomly. So he ends up being a guy that, I just want to get to from a pure game theory perspective. Not that this is pertinent to getting to him. If you think it factors in more power to you, do you think this is the last event ever for Hideki on the tour? I'm not going to like it that. is. I'm not going to answer that. All right. I'll answer. Don't it. do that to me. This is the last event for Hideki on the PGA tour. And of all the, why do you hate Hideki... me? What why do you mean? Do you I, me? I, most of the guys that have gone to live, I really can't stand. I'd be really upset if Hideki leaves. I love him. Uh, great player, too. So we will see. I want to ask you about Neiman. Neiman has had some experience. The kid, he's so talented. He's been here a handful of times already, which is impressive. Two appearances. It was awful both times. He could not get it going on the greens. He lost 5.5 and 1.5. Could not get it going with the irons. Eh, or nothing or story like what do you look at that he's had zero success at east lake he's back for a third time i don't think he's going to garner ownership he's kind of flying under the radar i could see sub 20 percent for a guy like neiman and when you look at where the game is at tita green is really good right now quietly 13th and 8th uh and gained six and 7.4 
I think I like Neiman quite a bit this week. I th- I can get behind that. I don't really have a strong lean. As you said, you can make the case for what we've seen from the ball striking the last two weeks and what we've seen from ball striking for like the last, I don't know, two, three years. Like he's very, very good in that department. The putter. Yeah. It's concerning the last two years, but that's still just an eight round sample size. So like sometimes you got to just put on the blinders to a certain extent. He's seen the golf course at least once. Like for me, that's a big thing, whether it's, a major championship, like a like just being able to see like a USGA setup one time, or being able to see Augusta National one time, or being able to play any golf tournament one time. Having mm-hmm. that experience and those reps is going to help you. So I'm just going to kind of turn the blinders on to what we saw out of those eight rounds, and I think that he's just fine in that perspective. For me, it's more of just like, all right, we've got him at 18.5 percent. I get Hideki for an ownership discount. I can go way down here to my boy Stallings, who I'm just going to have tons of this week at 7,400. Uh, just ride the wave, people. Ride the wave. It's been a, it's been a really, really good wave to be a part of, not just because he got second last week, you know, finally getting paid off, but he's just been consistent in the ball striking department here for a while. So uh, I think that Con- uh, Connors compared to Neiman, I mean, do you prefer Neiman over Connors? I do. Um, okay. Corey Connors really vintage Corey Connors last week, like ideal prototypical Corey Connors plus 5.6 on the approach flat with the putter fifth place finish. Just fantastic. The one thing that Corey Connors does not have consistently is around the green. The putter comes and goes, the irons are there off the tees automatic. Neiman doesn't really have that either per se. I think it's a little stronger. I'm going to give the nod to Neiman uh, of the two. I would love to get both of them in my lineups, though. I I really would. I think they make a lot of sense. And then Morikawa is just there. Uh, (laughs) He he made some astronomical uh, problems last week. But I think that Morikawa, when you took it, just if you want more bang for your buck in terms of just quality of golfer, it's hard to argue that he's not underpriced. Agreed. So there's that. I want to close the loop on Connors because he has a Please. lot of the same resume things that we are talking about. The reason that I basically either or them is I, I look at walking Neiman and Corey Connors records here at East Lake kind of identical. Corey Connors uh, played it twice before. No top 20s. He's just a ball striking machine. So like I think there are there aren't as many concerns about like uh, having certain types of golfers grouped together this week. But I think something that I definitely will do, and the reason that I was asking either or is like, I think they're almost identically the same guy. So maybe that's your your pairing, just the ball striker, poor putter together. And that can kind of be your stacking up the the similar types of games together. Um, so that that kind of was interesting to me. And then, yeah, as you said, for Morikawa, uh, definitely the most polished golfer that sits down below the, the 9K level here. Um, or it's just crazy to think that he's this cheap and that he has an opportunity yeah. to to kind of work for us in this regard. Seventy nine hundred. I mean, he deserves it after the ten. I mean, thanks for coming. Have a nice day, Ricky Fowler. Never made worse than a nine in umpteen more years on tour. I thought that that was a fascinating number that flashed across my screen. But uh, the BMW forty fourth. It was not pretty. But you're coming off of a week where the putter across the board was positive in every other regard. It might be really interesting to start some builds off really low and go like we're talking Cam Young and have an entire 9K and below type build. And he would be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, I think you can do that this week. Clearly, you can do that, particularly. And again, it works. It's self-fulfilling. And that's why I like this. If Morikawa wins, he takes the you're not going to want Scheffler. 
because unless he no. gets into a crazy duel with Scheffler, which is pretty unlikely, you're going to be knocking down the placement points. That opens the door for more guys from the lower ranges to claw up. I don't think it's crazy to start teams with like Neiman if you wanted to. Just fire six random guys from the below. The problem is enough people will probably do that too. It's really hard to know what will be unique. But if you truly think uh, that all the placement points are going to flip, and I think the majority of them will, I'm okay with that. Uh, obviously, if you think one of the elites win, you want to act accordingly. But as we get to the cheapies, because we still have about 10 golfers left here, you mentioned that you love Austin. 5,100 is a, a price we, of course, don't see during the year. Wise is down there. Figala is here. We're starting to get to players, though, that don't have as much experience at the tour championship. So what do you look for when you're talking about last man in popular chalk plays? Yeah. So 5,100 for JT Poston, it's kind of a, you got to find the right sweet spot because you definitely want to get more of the Rory's, the Roms, the Sam Burns, like these guys, 9,900 and up, you know, even Cantley, Shoffley, Scheffler, like you want to get some of those guys with a 5,100 Poston because that's where the optimal percentage really works out. Because there's so many of those kind of builds where you get those expensive golfers together. And if you get one or two of those guys who go completely nuts, you could have Poston play poorly or Wise play poorly, and they can work out optimal. That's why they have the higher optimal percentages. Now, do I want to have builds where I have three, 4K left on the table and get to a ton of JT Poston? We'll see. I, I haven't built out enough lineups to really know if that's going to be something that I continue to do. But he's just been so good. We get on uh, Bermuda where he's won in the past, obviously a number of different times, which is so crazy to say because you know you don't think of him being a multiple-time winner on the PGA Tour, but he absolutely is. Uh, the ball striking, I mean, we just saw everything flip and you know uh, capitalized at the John Deere earlier this year, and I think you just kind of continue to to get over there and, and get over the field on him. It's it's you standing out in the top golfers tour, golf top golfers tool. Good lord. He's got six straight uh, strokes game putting weeks. He's had massive weeks with the Irons, the John Deere, and the Travelers, so he can spike in those kind of regards. He was terrible off the tee. And normally, I think of him being really good off the tee. He's now kind of lost that the last three weeks. But Eastlake, there are a couple holes where you get the water left coming down on like 16. But for the most part, you know, you get these more narrow fairways. You hit a lot of these three woods, and you, you kind of give him an opportunity where – I think if a lot of guys are also going to be in trouble on narrow fairways, it almost takes some of the the need to be perfect off the tee away from him a little bit more. So I just love what we're seeing with the putter. We get on the Bermuda where he's been really, really good this season. Uh, feel pretty confident he's going to be one of my highest owned golfers. Listen, he, he can really roll it. He's a good scorer. He's extremely cheap. My biggest knock by far with a guy like JT Poston is he's taking a massive step up. All his success the majority of his success on tour is beating up on really easy fields in really easy tournaments and just going crazy low. Wyndham, John Deere, Barbasol, those types. He doesn't have a ton of success in majors and things like that. I still think that he serves a lot of merit in terms of rostering him down here. If it's crazy, though, if, he, if him and Wise are 30 and 40% and KH Lee and Tom Hoagie are 10%, even though mm -hmm. I like Wise and post him a lot more, I would look to make the pivots. In a week like this, I would look to make the pivots. Absolutely. I, I'm I'm saying that as it stands right now with the information yes. we have, I could say that Hoagie and Poston or just be in a crazy amount of what I'm doing. Um, 
I mean, Hoagie, again, 7.1% leverage. We're talking a guy who's showing up a quarter of the time, a quarter of the time of 5K Tom Hoagie is coming out optimal. And I think that that's appropriate. You just have to think about it differently. You don't need these guys to go set the world on fire. You just need to have the other pieces around them that necessitate getting to a guy who's 5K or 5,100. So for me, that's where I get to builds that other people are getting away from. And as you said, Aaron Wise, we both like him. Like we both think that he's going to play pretty well compared to the rest of the range here. But at 40%, do I want to find out? Probably not at 40%. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I would love to get to some Aaron Wise. I plan to get some, to some Aaron Wise. I just, I still think that's a massive number. The the guy that I want to ask you about as we kind of close the door, I, I will say this. If I played 150, and there's a small chance, I guess I do, if I roll the dice and if all my Little League bets win, <laughs> I, I might fate. I think if I was going to omit one guy from the pool, Adam Scott, Adam Scott, that, that is we're, we're together. He's, he's north of 30%. He's leaning on the putter extremely heavy. He was good at BMW across the board. Credit where credit is due. It's going to be really popular and I, I could live without him this week. I could too. Okay. I, I, I really don't have anything to add to it. We're talking two crazy outlier performances for a guy who uh, is not a good putter. I think we can all agree on that. Over the course of his last 50 rounds, he's dead middle 15th in terms of strokes game putting in this field. But we're talking about two weeks that have really buoyed that eight specific rounds that have really buoyed that. So, uh, yeah, absolute pass at this kind of a number. Will I get to some if I play 150? Of course I will get to a lot of guys. I'm going to get to everybody in the field in 150. But if I were to eliminate somebody, Adam Scott would probably be top on my list, too. And just to add to that point, Adam Scott, he's got plenty of experience here at Eastlake and tour championship five, five events, slow strokes, putting in four of them here. So I, I think that's a catalyst to hurt his best club right now. And if that's the case and he doesn't like Bermuda normally, his ball striking has been average at best. Uh, he is getting ownership because of his recent form and his recent form is there because of his putter. I think that that's a guy I'm, I would tread carefully with Adam Scott. Could he burn me? Of course, but you have to make a stand. My stand is going to be to short Adam Scott, go over on the mid-range, Cam Young, Fitzy, JT types, build from there, try to beat you know, the top guys and, and see what I can do. Uh, or uh, kind of to sum it up as we, as we close the door, if you think Scheffler wins, that makes it a lot easier because then you can build with a five-man lineup. You put Scheffler in and you start just making five-man permutations. I don't think he wins in particular, so I'm not looking to really do that. Agreed. Thoughts on Spieth? Eh, whatever. 23.4%. Why not? I mean, 7,800. I mean, you could say him and Morikawa. I mean, for me, I'm just talking about the last two years. Obviously, Jordan Spieth, a more polished golfer than Morikawa over a 10-year sample size. He's also had 10 years to do it, whereas Morikawa we've only seen for a couple now out of Cal. But I, it's just not the most intriguing guy for me. Uh, he just has been fighting the putter a lot this season, and you know he's got a lot of experience. I probably will have some teams where I just build with a ton of the cheapies, everybody underneath 9K, and he's probably just going to get into the mix on a bunch of them. But I don't like what we're seeing with the driver again. It's been negative for a while now. Um, he's fought the irons to to still put up a top 10 at the Scottish open in the open championship, but 19th at the BMW 
around the green was really the only thing there, but this putter is just so, so concerning when that has to be a thing that you think he's got to turn around. It's, it's just a little too late in the season for me to be buying in now. Yeah. I think that he's a reasonable target where he's priced him and Max Homer are just like quietly there. And I don't think you're going to see a ton of ownership. I think you're just going to see pretty reasonable takes uh, in terms of what, what the output I'll let the tools do the work. And I will say again, let's see what happens. Uh, I got live before lock tomorrow with Jeff Ulrich breaking it down. Once again, we'll see how the ownership matures. And also, I, I wanted to just throw this out there. You're a golfer. Aaron Wise is going out by himself on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You think that's good, bad, or, or unknown? It's awesome. Um, Generally, it's really, really good to be able to go play by yourself. It depends. So the nice thing is he's playing by himself with nobody in front of him. The worst is when you're playing by yourself and there's somebody in front of you oh, and you have to sit awful. all day, every day. Well, it's Obviously. happened. It happened to me in a USGA qualifier like two or three years ago. I had two guys who dropped out uh, and I had to play 36 holes. It was a USAM qualifier. I had to play 36 holes with a scorer, a guy who was walking around scoring for me. And I was behind threesomes. And it was blowing 35 miles an hour at Crystal Air Country Club in middle of nowhere, California. And it was the worst thing ever. But when you have nobody in front of you and you're able to go play and you can you can do whatever you want, you can play at your own pace. You know that you, even if you're a slow golfer, you as a slow golfer will still be faster than two golfers playing behind you. Of course. Unless you're Kevin Noslow. But like it is such a positive thing. Now, He's already the most popular golfer in the field, so you have to take that for what it is. But generally, it's a really, really good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really factoring it in much of anything. I do think if you're in a group, the thing that's good, he can set any type of pace he wants. If he's a slow player, he's not going to get caught by the groups behind. If he wants to play lightning fast, he's not going to have to wait because there's no one in front of him. I do think that's good. Keep in mind, it's just for Thursday. Uh, So it's not that big a deal. If you want to do something with like showdown or looking to him in some type of like first round leader with no strokes applied, if you can find that bet, I think that's kind of reasonable, but we'll let everything else shift as we get more information. Again, don't think you won't be seeing us. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give a big monologue. A couple weeks we'll be in the swing season. Everything will be like it is. But again, I do mean this. It's one of my favorite shows of the week. I say that on a handful of shows, but I mean it. I love doing the show. I love the golf season here at Stochastic. You guys, it's the same people in chat each and every week. It means a lot uh, from Prize Pick sponsoring us and you guys hanging out. It makes it a lot of fun. Ups and downs of PGA can get a little crazy, but just hanging out and breaking this down has meant a, a ton all year. So thanks again for that. Hope you guys do subscribe so you're around for all the college football, all the NFL and everything in between. And if you want betting content, you can see me and Eric Lindquist over on the Odd Shopper YouTube. Got a ton of stuff going on over there. I know you guys would like it. Uh, knowing, knowing how degen and dangerous you fellas are. Uh, <laughs> never opposed to making some money and making some bets with us. And that's why we love you guys. Anyway, let's get on out of here. For me, for Eric, for Tyler behind the glass. Good luck at the Tour Championship. Enjoy. I'll see you guys tomorrow night for Live Before Lock. And we will see you the start of a new PGA Tour season.
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.